and welcome to the Nightcap. Life behind the Michelin star, a late night lock-in here where some of the best chefs in the country candidly discuss and debate all things culinary over a few drinks. It's Series 3, Episode 8, finally. We've wrapped the series up. It only took us... Nine months to do yeah. eight episodes? Yeah, we were planning on two, two series this year. Yeah. We? Yeah. yeah, we were. Bloody pandemic got in the way, but still, we're here. We are excited. We're doing this. And right now, as always, I'm sat upstairs at Salt Restaurant in Stratford-upon-Avon, Shakespeare's home in the heart of Warwickshire. It's 10 o'clock at night. Actually, it's not. It's earlier than that. It's nine. Normally, it's like half 10, quarters 11. Like, what are they doing downstairs? But this guy, he's bossed through his mains. And plus, because of Boris, we've had to fire everyone. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. A good, that's, a good, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, service is wrapping up downstairs. So let me introduce myself and what the hell we're all doing here. My name's Simon Alexander. I'm a podcaster, producer, and daytime cooking show contestant. To my left, playing host, Michelin star head chef and owner of Salt, Mr. Paul Foster. How you doing? You're right, yeah. And our guest today is a two-star chef and 2018 Michelin European Young Chef of the Year. It's Mr. Niall Keating. How you doing, buddy? Good, thank you. Very good. good. Is this your first time, first time to Salt? First time here? It's not the first time I've been here, but it's the first time I've always wanted been to been for a few beers, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I've been yeah. for a few beers now and then. <laughs> Yeah. What, what, you invited him around for a few beers here? Well, when he's filmed Great British Menu, ah, popped course. in out of beer and stuff, yeah. But it's the first time you've eaten here, isn't it? Yeah, first time. Nice. Mm. Impressions? I mean, save his blushes, but any any feedback? Any... <laughs> Honestly, it was just so nice to be able to sit down and relax and eat a real good meal. Yeah. That was... What I really like about Paul's food as well is literally like three or four things on the plate and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. simple. It's it's refreshing actually going out and eating that again. Yeah. It's just it's nice, nice environment to be in. Great wines as well. Nice Can you switch off from the sort of professional head when you're just eating out by yourself, or are you looking at every dish and thinking, "Oh, has he done that?" Is it, or can you just distance yourself and chill? A lot of people ask me that question, but I mean, that means it's I'm, a shit question. <laughs> it's not. It's a shit question. But being brought up in Stoke-on-Trent, I eat anything. I eat anything at any time. So. Just grateful just, for some yeah, food. Just, just <laughs> grateful to eat. Yeah. Grateful to get a hot meal. Yeah. <laughs> That's but, fair. Love it. No, it's uh, no. It's just I'm able to switch off, but it's actually quite good because being away this evening could like fire through some emails, really concentrate on the food, eat it, enjoy it, and then look forward to doing this. So. Yeah, nice one. Love it. Cool. So coming up on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about what it's like getting the second star, what it's like working abroad, which both of our chefs here have done, and we're going to be taking some of your questions, as always, sent to us via the Nightcap Twitter and Instagram pages, and the usual stuff, Boiling Point, where these guys will tell real heat of the kitchen stories, and some trip advisor reviews and cooking hacks as well. But before we get into all of that, this is a Nightcap. We are once again series three uh, opening up a beautiful bottle of Gusborne's finest and we're very pleased to see so many great restaurants gradually starting to reopen over this time but whilst you've got some time on your hands visit gusborne.com today to order yours Paul what have we got um, so we've got their uh, rosé lovely it's sparkling rosé which is just just stunning I'm not oh, do, do, do that near the mic do that lovely little that. Oh. yeah little breath <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Love it. Um, so, yeah, that's sparkling rosé, which it's absolutely really refreshing. Cheers, it's perfect in the summer, but great any time of year. Um, I'm not normally a rosé drinker, but sparkling rosé like this, it's just stunning. Fatty food, Really good with food as well. Yeah, really fatty good foods. fatty food. Any food. Yeah, yeah. Any food. Breakfast. Good ones are house poor at Watley as well. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, oh nice. did not know yeah. that. Yes. Yeah, we sell more of this than champagne and yeah. anything else Do now. you? That's yeah. interesting. 
Yeah, we do. Yeah, rosé's got a bit of it's a really push it as well. So Sparkling rosé, rosé, it's got, a, it's trendy. It's coming back. It is, back yeah. Around. Especially in summer, you know. Mm. Yeah, people fly for it. Love yeah, it. Cheers. Cool, nice one. Here you go. Mm. Thank you very much. Beautiful. First before before getting to, I just want to. I'm going to embarrass you now. Oh, go on. Um, like you talk, like Niall obviously got two stars. Every but there's one thing people don't talk about. Niall gives the best cuddles ever. <laughs> <laughs> Why um, would you say that when we can't like, do that? They are, I know, honestly. <laughs> I think about it, you probably remember this. This is a really weird scenario, right? Okay. Um, it was when I got the star. Um, <laughs> it, it gets weird. Okay, okay, go on. Not that weird. It's, if I explain it right, it's not that weird. Okay. Um, yeah, when I, when I got the star, uh, and I was there, you did a talk up on stage that year, 2018, didn't you? Yeah. And um, okay. it was like so overwhelming, like for me, obviously, loads of emotions. You know how is everyone you know, talk to everyone. Off the walls. all these chefs you've looked up to for years and it's just so overwhelming and I, I was drunk as well so I took myself <laughs> into the toilet I was in the cubicle and I just had a little cry and just Did a you? bit of time to myself it was oh. just a bit emotional and I was like just calm myself down and I come out of the cubicle and Niall was there and we didn't exchange any words he just knew and we just cuddled oh, <laughs> do you remember so yeah. I do remember yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't like a pat on the back man cuddle it was a cuddle it was wow, a snuggle had you met in before the toilet. That? Oh, yeah we knew each other yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say that. it wasn't that. a George Michael thing right? <laughs> <laughs> we just looked at each other oh, yeah. you if, if anyone had walked in there mate like what yeah it yeah. was I might have been chucked off yeah, oh, that's very sweet of you. Do you remember that cuddle as fondly as Paul clearly does? I do because it's a big moment. I, and I, I think what I said to Paul was, I mean, I've come through this industry in such a different way that I came back to the UK and all of a sudden got a star very quickly. Mm. Where I look up to a huge amount of chefs, like for example Paul and all these guys who are working, who've worked with me, Gareth Ward, and um, you look at like Casimir guys and everyone. And you're kind of going around the world and you're thinking, oh, they should be getting two stars already or I don't yeah. really understand how this is going. Uh-huh. And then when you see, like, Paul open salt and then put everything on the line to make this happen yeah. and then really understanding, like, the year before I got the star, like, I was broken when I got yeah. the star. I was amazed the best really? feeling ever. Yeah. But it makes you also, I don't know, because I'm that kind of person, it makes me go, feel a bit bad for other chefs who you're looking up to in the industry. Mm-hmm. So then when you're seeing them actually being able to get that the same as you and it's all come to like fruition yeah, yeah. then you get you have that same feeling it's the best feeling ever oh, yeah. it's not about if you're better than anyone else you want everyone to have that same feeling yeah like, of course you want, it, you want to see that feeling on people's face amazing well it segues quite nicely into that sort of first topic which was getting the second star did that feeling was it the same the second time then out of, out of curiosity no I don't know really okay I really don't know it's um it's, it's just always been a bit of a funny one. Like, mm. I didn't expect it to happen so quick. I, yeah. knew, I knew we could, and I knew we could. I, I, I saw that we could achieve it. I knew we could do it, and I believed we could. But I just didn't know if it would actually happen. Yeah. And when it did happen, that's like. Yeah. And how, how you've explained it is how like, I remember talking to you on on the night, and you walk around. You had your, to start jacket on and like I was quite amazingly happy what for you what a but you just had this look on your face like of d- disbelief but not in a bad way it was like you'd seen yeah. a ghost but an amazing ghost like a really pretty <laughs> ghost <laughs> yeah. it's almost I don't know how to describe it but if you if you're 29 years old or at the time I was 28 years old you almost aren't sure if you're supposed to feel worthy if you're in the same room with all these chefs that have yeah. got two stars as well 
and I'm not like trying to put us down or do anything, but it's because it just happened so quick. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure that whilst we went on this journey, we're gaining the right respect from everyone else in the industry as well, mm-hmm. and not being looked at as one of those kitchens where it's like, oh, look at this young cocky guy who's like thinks he can do whatever he wants. Like, I've got all the respect for all the two-star yeah. chefs in the UK. Well, that's it. But it's, you're right, because you'd be really self-conscious because you're walking around with a two-star jacket on and trying to act humble at the same time. Yeah. That is a really tough yeah. thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you, oh. you, you did not look at all, and I don't think anyone would say you look like that cocky guy because, yeah, yeah, you're just yeah. not that You're not never, that guy. No, never want to be that guy. What, never, what about in the kitchen then? In that sort of like, you know, you come, you, you get that first star, it's euphoric, you can't believe it, and then there's only two years before that second one comes. Was there a genuine, uh, or not genuine, but like a deliberate shift to right now onto a two-star then, or was it just a natural thing that sort of happened? I thought that we were cooking really strong from day one. I, I believe that the team that we had there... Um, after the first year had got out of the way, I didn't think we'd get two stars in the second year. I knew we wouldn't. And after I got a phone call from Michelin saying, I was in Japan at the time, actually. I was eating a two-star sushi restaurant with my wife. <laughs> and we sat there in Tokyo, meeting dinner, get a Twitter, direct message on Twitter off Michelin. This is in January. So I'm like, fuck, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> Has to be bad How news. How have I yeah, messed yeah. this up so quickly? <laughs> <laughs> what, what's happened? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Letitia's like, oh, you, well, just forget about it, right? You don't need to, like, we'll just sort it out when we get back to the mm-hmm. hotel. I was like, uh, can I be excused from <laughs> Straight up. I won't be waiting a single <laughs> second, yeah. Oh, no, is everything okay? I'm like, uh, yeah, what's, is it, are you okay? Is everything okay? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, we're just having this uh, European, like, celebration, and uh, we'd like to nominate you as a UK candidate for European Young Chef of the Year. I was like... Wow, I'm flattered. Thank you so much. I'll do whatever I can to be there. Yeah. And then when that all came round, and that was the second year, first year was the first star, second year was Mission's European Young Chef, and then obviously third year was second star. I don't know. It felt like a. It felt like the right thing, but I. I was never a hundred percent sure. I believed it. Yeah. But I was never a hundred percent sure it happened. Wow. That's it. I can't. We've talked about it a few times with a couple of chefs that have come here, and it feels like a lot of chefs. Um, no uh, big distinction between what should and shouldn't have one star yeah but what should and shouldn't have two that feels like a bit of a blurred it is yeah area. I think it is and it, like with, with chefs it comes down to opinion because you don't really know I think there's a certain amount of chefs that know yeah. the ones that have been there mm-hmm. and the ones that are at three stars they, they know and like a lot of the rest don't it's just your opinion and yeah. what you've had and what you enjoy really isn't it yeah, but, of course did you, yeah. did you feel like you knew you were getting closer than maybe you know obviously it came a lot sooner than you anticipated getting a second one but do you think actually yeah I've worked in two star places this is two star food I did feel I had that kind of self-belief inside me I was like right I've just finished it at a three star I've just gone to stars in Japan just been in Korea uh, been in all these restaurants and then I was head chef of a one star in Denmark and I was like this is this is pulling me down I mm. need to find somewhere where I can express what it is that I want to cook mm. uh, and then as soon as I got that opportunity I felt like the guys that had been working with me for a long time as well they followed me from Denmark and the UK as well. Oh, really? I just realised that. Yeah. Wow. Was that a tough conversation? <laughs> trying to, were you convincing people to 
yeah. leave their leave Denmark and come over here. That's yeah, and when I showed them the first menu at Watley, they were like, "You're fucking crazy." Really? <laughs> I'll talk us through. What was that menu consisting of, and what you know? Why why were they wanted, saying that? I wanted to make like a risotto out of tapioca, and had like chorizo going through, and it was actually the initial dish at the restaurant. Okay. When I look back at it now, it just makes me put my head in my. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've all had you've all got a few of those yeah. dishes though, haven't you? When you first go solo, I'm like, oh no. But that's like we're looking from where you were now, but. You know, it's good at the time. It got you a star, and yeah. And then mm. I think we just kind of honed things, and that base dish is still on the menu now. But it's just come through like I don't know, probably 25, 30 mm. different stages of being a dish now. Yeah, it's something yeah. completely different, but it's actually the same initial idea. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I think it's a real wise move going to um, Watley because th- they knew what it took to get three stars they had the infrastructure they'd had two stars previously so you know you were like you know you weren't going into a place that never knew never knew like the investment and the type of team you need and stuff like that so really wise decision from you to go there and I love what you did um, because it is it's a country house hotel and so many over the years have been scared to stop doing like you know 90s French food um, which (laughs) they're stuck in the ages um but it was really refreshing to see you do that with Watley. Just go taste them anyway, only the kind of food you were doing and seeing the inspiration from Bennu. And uh, a lot of other places have needed to do something like that for a long time. But they just rest on their laurels and get a bit scared. Yeah. So, no, I think hats off to you for doing that. That wasn't... That wasn't it, w- it was definitely down to me doing the menu like that, but mm. it's definitely down to Sue Williams and Christian, the owner of Watley. Yeah. And having that, the three of us there, when mm. in the first six months, they were both like... you. Every single guest who ate was like, you can't serve this food. It's crap. Really? <laughs> wow. It was, it was really bad. And it made me go like... Did they, were they questioning it then at that point? Or was it like tough conversations to, between you guys? Yeah, it was really tough. But I just had to say, I had to say to Sue, like, look, you've got to trust me because I believe this is going to work. Yeah. I believe it will work eventually. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as we got the first hour, it's like, I got a little bit more leeway. Yeah. And then as soon as more things started to happen, then we got in the top 50 of the Good Food Guide. And it was like, okay, right now, people are starting to recognise. People mm-hmm. are starting to understand. Yeah. And then, yeah, it just carried on from there. Really. Oh, but the first six, eight months were... And all that is, it's not about the food being crap. It's about they have a customer base that you yeah. had to evolve. Yeah. They, yeah, they, they were used to, you know, the Martin's food. Yeah. yeah. Venison, red cabbage and chestnuts is the main course. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're not going to get that from me. So <laughs> no. Yeah. It's, just... it's not why you went there, is it? No. So, yeah. That, that is delicate, though, because, yeah, you're right. Even after one star, like you said, like you gave you a bit of leeway, but that clientele is not going to change overnight to a completely new set of people is it no so do you still get blowback now even at a two star level no, really? really okay we have such a great following now it's been it's been amazing yeah. yeah the last year especially it's been amazing especially after great british menu as well and people just wanting to come into the kitchen and the way they all get it's just yeah that's awesome it's awesome when you did gbm did having the sort of that quick rise in the michelin world did that put extra pressure on you, did you find? Because there was quite a quick like rise and you maybe in, on paper, star-wise, the most qualified person in your heat and things like that. Was that. Did you feel pressure and then the cameras in your face and that sort of thing? Yes, definitely, yeah. 100%. <laughs> it, made me, it made me think that I was the best chef there. Really? Because, I, I mean, not for, just on paper, right? Yeah, not yeah of course. Not in terms of Great British Menu. You've done GBM before. Mm-hmm. When you go there, you have guys and girls that are cooking there that are incredible great british menu cooks they can hit the brief like 
unbelievable. Yeah. It doesn't matter that I've got two stars and we have one menu. None of those dishes would go on at a GBM banquet. It would never happen. Well, it's a different game, isn't yeah. it, I suppose, yeah. But then once I'd won the regionals and went to the finals, it was in between that period that we'd won the two stars. So I kind of went into the finals with this kind of... I, I, there's no way I can't get a bank <laughs> otherwise I'm going to look so stupid yeah that's pressure yeah, yeah. Well, it, it 100% felt like that but then it wouldn't regardless of stars or anything cool. I would expect myself to be there really if mm. I was on top of my game and I wanted to cook the dishes that I wanted to I should be there yeah that's so great self belief I think it's just your own it is what you if you have that belief in yourself to be there and yeah, you want to be there you will be there uh-huh. mm. but well, <laughs> we've done further filming since then. Fair enough. Oh, yeah. good tease. Um, yeah, you weren't happy when you spoke to me about it last time. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I mean, we've talked a bit about GBM, obviously, because Paul was on it a few years ago, and several guests have, have come on that have been on it, and they've said that even though, yeah, like you've talked about there, it's a different game in terms of what you've got to do compared to your day job. Mm-hmm. It can open so many doors because it's accessible for so many people. And I imagine people come sometimes to Watley Manor, not necessarily even because they know you're a two-star chef, but they saw you on GBM and that sort of thing. Was it a really tra- more transformative experience than you thought it would be for your place and for your sort of reputation in the industry? Um, I don't know about that, but it certainly saved the hotel through the whole of the pandemic. Oh, like really? Uh, it's a different sort yeah. of focus on yeah. it. Yeah. Um, because it was broadcast throughout the whole of lockdown mm-hmm. and then yeah. the final and then we quickly put into place like an infrastructure of selling um, vouchers and Great British menu lunches throughout oh, I didn't realise that lockdown. Oh, so wow, the timing wise the yeah. final and then I won Champion of Champions the website just went nuts mm. and then we had this huge amount of cash flow come in just through people buying vouchers oh, saviour mate and it was just like yeah it was, that's that's the difference to be honest yeah, yeah. it's nothing to do with how it makes me feel in the industry or anything like that I mean I've got a huge amount of respect for GBM and everything that it can do for you mm. but at this current time in this climate that's, that was the biggest difference for us oh, mate, we, we yeah. talked about so many times about it never fails to amaze me how much TV has an impact still yeah you know, like put, we've talked about you know being on a on James Martin's show and selling how many books within an hour of just being on TV like it's just stuff that you can't believe how big an impact it genuinely has like yeah I know your website crashes and stuff like that it's just you just don't know it until you've until you've been on and you get that hit and it it just worked out right for you and you capitalise on it which is what you've got to do especially in times like this Yeah, yeah definitely do you see yourself doing more of them kind of like in the future because of that uh, I think right now, if I'm completely honest, the the kind of position that we're in, or I say we're in, I'm in, the hotel's in, we're gonna we're in a very nice position where we can kind of pick and choose what it is that we want to. Yeah, it's a good place to be. Where yeah. we want to. But we don't have to go like, okay, yes, oh, we've got one television opportunity. Yeah. It, it's like the other day we did Good Morning Britain. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, sorry, yeah. Peters, and it was like, yeah, it was okay, it was a two minute slot, but all of a sudden the website went from. 2,000 views a day to 12,000 views like, yeah. it's just it's like, incredible it, it yeah. you'd be mad not difference. to do it yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely so you kind of pick and choose what it is slots different programs mm. and also what you want to do what do you value yeah like, of course because I mean I know that I'd never do MasterChef or yeah it's about picking the right ones yeah. the right ones that work for you and being in that position where you can and not just say yes to everything yeah yeah, yeah it's good 
Do you um like with all that happening so quick quickly, COVID stuff aside, does it feel a bit overwhelming to have had all that success so early in your career and knowing what you want to do next? Is it just about consistency at this point, just keeping going? And do you know what it is? Completely honest, yeah. I've been I've been completely overwhelmed last six months. Yeah, I'm surprised, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, been, it's uh, but it. That's, but then I'm the kind of person where when lockdown happened, we, I had the Paradise Carriage, which is a food truck. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know what? The restaurant's not open. Why aren't we doing anything? Why aren't we just enjoying ourselves and cooking? Yeah. And pa- Relay Chateau, Five Star Hotel, Watley Manor, two Michelin stars, we rock up with the Paradise Carriage covered in graffiti, <laughs> <laughs> doing 120 covers a night. Yeah, I bet you're buzzing. And I stood there yeah. in my short shorts, my brown clogs I wear every day, yeah. in a tight t-shirt with yeah. a little hat on, just selling food and flipping burgers and cooking yeah. steaks. And like, that, you know, you just got to kind of adapt to it. And it was a great feeling. Yeah, yeah. I bet, actually. Like, that Somebody had told you that a year before. Or if, <laughs> yeah. if you've had a picture of that a year before, you're like, what have I done? Yeah, I'm absolutely fucked it. Why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> actually, yes, if I'd have seen that. And, yeah. Yeah. You'd be panicking. This is you yeah. in six months. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, it's a global pandemic. It's something you've done. Don't worry, yeah. it's you. <laughs> Yeah, okay, awesome. I wanted to talk to you both, actually, about the whole sort of working abroad thing. It's a thing that you guys have got in common and that you've been to quite a few places internationally. And I'm really fascinated about uh, by this because it's fairly industry-specific that you can just go for a couple of months on a, either a placement or, a, you know, whatever it is, someone can send you there. It's just a really unique setup. Like, how does it work when you just suddenly go, oh, yeah, I'm in California for three months? It depends, really. It's, it's like down, down to you, because I've never worked abroad, never been an employee. I've just staged, so I staged at French Laundry, WD50, and um, La Berge de Lille and Leon, and that was just me writing to them, didn't even email them, send them a personal letter that you really want to go there. Yeah. And yeah, having that, I, I sent a lot of letters to freestars in France, and they just turned me down because I didn't speak French. Like really? Guy Savoie, just you? turned me down. Seriously. Uh, where are a few? Pretty much every freestar in France turned me down. I was gutted. So, um, how, so how do those gigs work for you? Do you get, do you get any money? Do you get, no, no. So you literally just have to foot the bill yourself just to be there and get that experience. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is, and it's worth its weight in golden experience. You go to the right place as long as you, um, you know, you put the work in when you're there. Because I've worked in places where you get stages come in for a month or two, and they just sit picking cabbage or whatever, right. or picking fucking sea veg, <laughs> and then they'll put on the CV or tell people, "Yeah, I did Noma two months." But you, you pick sea veg, you twat. That's that it. Two years, mate. Yeah, yeah. You get, you get loads of it. And like when I went to French Laundry as well, I. I took my knives in and just had my standard set of knives and there was a guy who'd been there for three months. He's like, you won't need them, you'll never get to touch fish, you'll never, you won't need your bony knife, you'll never get to touch meat. Um, he was like, all, all he did was like roll the butters and um, crack the eggs for the, the little um, coddled eggs. Seriously? And, um, Jeez. Yeah, it's like... Well, day one. Can't be true. The next week, I was with the sous chef boning out all these quail and trimming them all down, and he was looking all bitterly from the other side of the kitchen. But that's just because he never never put the work in. He never showed the willing, really. Because they're just like... They're happy because they're getting those jobs done. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you want to get more and more out of it, it's up to you you what you get out of that experience. Yeah. I didn't realise that. I didn't realise that it was so often just writing to them and not even getting paid. It was just for the experience. But I guess that that is, if you do genuinely get a lot out of it, worth its weight, isn't it? 
isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, it cost me a fair few grand doing it. Um, I'd won an award that got me money to do it specifically for that. Oh, and cool. I did loads of my own money. So, um, yeah, I got a nice place in Napa, um, in Napa Valley, up in Yonville, just around the corner from French Laundry. And I added loads of money to it because I didn't just want to go there and work. I wanted to eat out. I wanted to, you know, experience the culture and just enjoy myself. And was it daunting? Go lads and get pissed. Yeah, yeah, was it daunting going by yourself? Not really, no, no. no it was, um, it's all right. Yeah, I, I, no, I enjoyed it. I think it was a bit nervous at first because it's like French Laundry was my mecca. Yeah, and, um, yeah. international it, reputation. Exactly. And Corey Lee was chef de cuisine, like you know, obviously um, when I was there, and he was a pretty intimidating fella. <laughs> <laughs> really, what? What was it? Brilliant, like? brilliant cook. Oh, brilliant amazing. cook. I've never been so transfixed in a in a head chef. I don't think before. Really, like, watching what? someone cook. It's He's just phenomenal. Yeah. What, phenomenal what, can you put a finger on what it is is it just like his presence I don't know it's like you could put more and more and more work on him and he would just absorb it really? and absorb it and just not break a sweat like anyone else you just go down and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think one of the simplest things I've ever seen him do is just cooking a risotto a black truffle risotto at Bennu mm. for like a VIP guest and it was just it's like we had 18 chefs who just transfixed on him watching, like, watching really? him make this risotto. Yeah. It's like, I can still remember it now. It's amazing. <laughs> wow. I, I remember one night there was a lad on the, the larder who he just kept fucking up and he just, he just, like, he just grabbed him by the chef whites and just threw him out. And it was just, like, full, like French laundry always is. And I was stood just observing service. I wasn't really allowed to get involved. Yeah. So I was like do I ask him if I do anything? And then he was doing, because um, they used to do, when they send out the foie gras torche on a terrine, they'd do toast. Right. And it's a nice little thing. When they're halfway through the terrine, you'd get second toast. So you'd get fresh, warm toast come halfway oh, through. Oh, nice just touch. a beautiful little Lovely, touch. yeah. And so I'd be there just trying to turn the toast over and he'd just slap my hand away and he just wouldn't allow. Well, the chef I'd meet come round to help him out and he's like, fuck off, I don't need you. I've sent him home. I'll do his job and mine. And Bloody hell. it just went like a dream, and I was just like, <laughs> felt so fucking awkward. Stood there like, should I be helping? Or, but he's just so good, so cool, so calm, wow. so collected. Even though he did did uh, shout a bit. Um, and then there was a guy. Um, there was a waiter on the other side of the pass, like um, just you know organising the pass. And he said, "Wow, you've just witnessed our worst service in years." I was like, really? Seriously? <laughs> it sounds really chill. <laughs> yeah. Love service to be like that. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Was it? Uh, are they? Yeah. Similar experiences to Paul. Did you go and work for free at, at places to try and just get that experience? What was your? So I was working at Sats as Paul did as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've been there for three years. And I said I wanted to go and work at a restaurant called Qua, which is Daniel Patterson's two mission style restaurant at the time, was anyway. And there's this book, it's got a cottage on the front with like, it's all fields. And I was like, oh my God, I want to go there. This <laughs> restaurant looks amazing. Yeah. So I rock up in San Francisco, walk down this high street. There's a strip club on one side, <laughs> Sino on the other side, and then Qua in the middle. I was like, <laughs> But you never made it to the restaurant. You just went to them two, yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> so I walked in, and then I worked there for two weeks, and they offered me a job and a visa, and I was like, oh, really? Yeah. After two weeks? Yeah, but I was there kind of like, I, was, I wanted to go and work there. But I actually said no, because I just didn't enjoy it, didn't like it, didn't enjoy oh, the food, yeah. didn't enjoy the restaurant. It, it was my own personal opinion. It's an amazing place. The ethos that they've got there is incredible. Was that a difficult was, conversation, turning that offer down from them? Yeah, I was kind of like a young English guy in America, though. They're like, 
Hey, would you like to like? I'm right now. I'm alright. Cheers, bye. <laughs> so all right, cheers, bye. As odd as you think, but, uh, so I had this wow. one night off at the end, and then I rang Sat, and I was like, "Where should I go and eat before I leave?" And he's like, "There's a two-star called Bennu." I was like, okay, I'm going to go and eat there. Went there, had 18 courses of the most incredible meal in my whole entire life. You know when you go and eat somewhere and you see a piece of salmon and you know how, just how it's been brined or how it's mm-hmm. been cooked or you see a piece of meat on a plate, you, you've kind of, as a decent high-caliber chef, you've got an, a good idea of how they've put that mm. process together and put it on a plate. Yeah. This was genuinely 18 courses of, I've got no idea, I've just done that. Really? Yeah. No wow. idea. And all I can do is write how I've got to work it. I don't know what I've got to do. Yeah. So how, what happened next after that? Did, to... So I walked into the kitchen. Uh, Corey was there and Brandon, who's the chef de cuisine, I said, hi, how's it going? I'm Niall. And they're like, oh, you're from Satbane? So I was like, yeah. And they're like, what are you doing here by yourself? I was like, oh, I've been working at Qua. And they're like, all right, cool. I was like, can I come and work here? And they're like, I don't know. You need to send us a, like... A letter and let's have a look at what we can do about visas and stuff like that. Okay. I was like, I don't want to starch, I want to come work here, I'll come move here. Wow. So jumped on the plane the next morning, um, wrote this email to Corey and Brandon. I just said, like, I can't believe what I ate last night. If there's anything I can do to get here, just tell me what I need to do it. Went in two days later to Sats after reopening <laughs> with my notice. Oh, <laughs> seriously? With oh. no reply from this email either from Ben. I was like, it's going to happen. Oh, crap. Wait a minute. You haven't got the offer on no, the table. No, got, oh, brilliant. Jesus, no, mate. You put yourself so in limbo there. I put. I gave my notice into uh, to Sat and John and... Uh, and Sat was basically like, when you've got an actual job, you can give me a notice. Oh, yeah. he's probably- <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so I went home that night, had a reply with the visa application and the offer letter for the job. Nice. And then went back in with a notice. I was like, sorry, Sha. Oh, yeah. wow. What was that reaction there? Especially him giving you the job, like, without even doing a trial. Like, yeah. It's mega. Uh, Sat was amazing about it, to be honest. And um, honestly... Ever since I've, I think ever since I've left Sats, he's given me more support than I could mm. ever have even imagined or even asked for. Really? He's, yeah. That's yeah, amazing. he's brilliant like that, and he and he's just so happy you're going on to somewhere like yeah. you know, like world class. Mm-hmm. That's that's just what he what he wants, and he knows he's had a piece of your yeah. you know your growth in your career, and no, uh, he, he he loves that. He'd, if you were going somewhere shit and giving up, and it'd be it'd be a bit. Yeah, not you're pissed off at you it's your life yeah. but it, it's a bit you know you put that work in he, he loves to see the people that have worked for him go on and do, do better yeah, things and he, yeah. like, he would have been genuinely happy for you given that notice it's yeah. like when I always remember when we got two stars at the last launch mm. the first voice that I heard was his yeah. you can always recognise <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. fucking go on <laughs> and he's like or he jumps up because everyone's like where the fuck's this place like this old hotel has got two stars <laughs> and it's like Sue comes on and Sat jumps up and I was like <gasps> wow. I knew it was soon but it's just little things like that you know he's he's not going to stick around and at the end of the night and just like molly cuddle you because of it but just knowing that reaction from him and knowing that he's super proud of what you've gone on to mm, do like, means a lot that yeah. means more than anything yeah, yeah. of course so yeah, then what, yeah, what was it like when you then got to Benham and got cracking actually for the first time and how did you yeah you moved there so what, where are you living like what's the so many things so the first four months I lived in a hotel um, Partridge style love it so <laughs> I think so I've got some good stories actually I don't know great we've like. got all the time mate so <laughs> we love yeah, stories fill your boots yeah, we yeah, love yeah. stories first night 
I was in this hotel. I've got an iPad. My mum's bought me an iPad, right? She's like, I bought you an iPad so you can FaceTime me when you go over. Not for porn. (laughs) (laughs) Mum, I've got an iPhone, but (laughs) So I get there, go into this hotel. You've got some lady shooting up in the hallway. I'm like, whoa. This is is on 7th Street in San Francisco, just off market. And it's like... This is, you don't walk down there. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only place I can afford to stay yeah. for like two months, hopefully before I can get an apartment or yeah, a bedroom yeah. somewhere. So I go in, windows open. Some guy is like zombieing at the window ledge. I'm like, fuck. Oh, my God. So I'm like kicking this guy off the window ledge. Next thing, <laughs> I'm led on the bed. I'm on FaceTime to my mum. And I just hear this noise. My mum just went, is that someone just jumped off a building? I'm like, oh, I'll call you back. Are you having a laugh? Oh, oh my God. God. Walked outside the front door. I was like, wow. Okay. No. To San Francisco. What the fuck? That was the second night. Second night. Jesus. Oh, wow. So, and then I think it was the fourth or fifth day. I'd signed up to the gym. And then me being the polite Englishman that I am walking down the street in San Francisco this guy runs out of Abercrombie and Fitch with like 50 of the same t-shirt and drops them all over the floor I'm like shit let me help you with that pick <laughs> <laughs> them all up put them in a bag for him and, and can I help you off I'm like oh. Aiden and a man security guy runs out he's like you do well, he just dropped his t-shirt and they're like what 50 of the same one <laughs> oh mate oh, it's too polite that is amazing that's proper English abroad that, isn't it? <laughs> we ended up catching them there as well oh that's good fucking hell that is an intense were you gen- did you genuinely despite how good the restaurant was did you have second thoughts like oh I miss home a bit it's tough I might go back or was it enough to keep you there because the restaurant was that good I had the best year and a half two years in San Francisco my whole entire life really yeah oh, I've been to San Francisco you've been I've been yeah, yeah. I went, Napa's like about an hour north and it's yeah. a bit of a nightmare to get to so I only went for one day mm. um, just went this guy drove me down there the woman I was living with knew a guy who worked there so I spent the day around Fisherman's Wharf and in and out Burger and stuff it was wicked yeah. I did try and go back one Sunday I got drunk in the afternoon and tried to hitchhike down there <laughs> Just literally fun out. Yeah, it, honestly, it was pretty, <laughs> such a fucking cliche. So I'd always wanted to hitchhike, just watching those American films as a kid. And I was there, full out, and then I got I got a sign and I wrote San Fran on it. <laughs> and you'll never guess what picked me up. A, a, like a Hispanic guy in a pickup with chickens in the back. <laughs> <laughs> and a load of fucking hay. And I was like, this is perfect. Oh like, it was amazing. God. He only took me to Napa, though, because that's where he was stopping. Yeah. And then I tried hitchhiking further. Just nobody would pick me up, this pissed-up English guy. And then on a hot Sunday afternoon. <laughs> so I just went and got some some more booze and then hitchhiked back to Yonville and went to Bouchon for lunch. Wow. Got more drunk, yeah. That is pretty tough. <laughs> that is badass. What a way to do it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, I didn't realise you were actually there two years so yeah that's that well this was I was my working visa was a year but I met my wife in San Francisco mm, and then we she, well yeah we went to them visas and stuff right got you yeah and then did you you went from there to uh, Denmark is that right or did you come That's back right, to, yeah, yeah yeah so what was the setup there where were you and how did that um, so go I was a restaurant called Konghans Kayla 
Um, I think it's had Michelin star for like 45 years or something. Is that the one in the restaurant with beautiful arches and stuff? Yeah, yeah. the basement. Yeah. It's in the basement of magazine in the, mm. in the centre of Copenhagen. Yeah, super classic. Yeah, yeah. So classic, it was unbelievable. Tall yeah. hats on yeah. the chefs and that, yeah. Wow. Don't yeah. see that much. Yeah. And do you have, yeah, so was that, uh, and that was the last place you were at before you came back here. So was it there you were finally starting to draw inspiration and think, I want to do this by myself now? Is, is that sort of how that happened? Yeah, finally starting to get pissed off with working for someone who doesn't really care about it. You know? Right, got you, fine. Did you enjoy Copenhagen in general, though, or did you miss San Fran? Yeah, I mean, we got to a lot of mischief in Copenhagen. It's did pretty you? easy to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Go on, it, more stories. Yeah. <laughs> what mischievous well, stuff? Copenhagen's just loose in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just it got to a point where I was like, you know what, I just need to go and do my own thing. I yeah. Like, and got this offer to come back to the UK, and it was like, right. How did the Watley job come about? Um, so, my first real job in a, like in a starred restaurant was for Sam Moody at the Bath Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, was I went there. to eat there when you were there. I did you? Yeah, my thirtieth birthday it was. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Oh, cute. Oh, did you get anything for your thirtieth? Did you get like a little cake out? Uh, I can't remember. I was just really drunk. Yeah, that, yeah. Theme of this podcast today. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was probably breakfast chef then. Yeah. No, so the only reason I remember is I think you were leaving to go to Sats. I remember Sam telling me, so that uh, was where right. the link was. I think something like that. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was amazing. Mm. Sam and Sam is an awesome chef. Like he's a cool guy. Yeah. yeah. He's like the that kind of base three and a half four years of working there was like the best thing I ever did mm. the best thing I ever did in terms of learning how to make sauces and I mean, it was Michael Caine's repertoire at the time he was executive chef so mm. there was like 18 different sauces on the other car it was like it was nuts like, yeah, it was Jeez. Un- you just couldn't keep up it was unreal <laughs> absolutely and the sauce had to be like fresh every two days it was like oh chef can I get a third day on this sauce like no you can't <laughs> <laughs> I get every two days like, wow oh, <laughs> well, lastly, on the sort of theme of going abroad and working abroad, does has that genuinely? Is it just life experience, and that's great, and you wouldn't change it otherwise? Or have, have those experiences impacted your food? Oh, ma- massively for me personally. Like um, French Laundry, yeah, because my food is completely different to theirs, and obviously no no one here is good. But I think I think in the same way um, because I never went there to take any recipe I never came back with any notes on any recipes anything mm-hmm. like I wasn't trying to take from that yeah. I wanted to understand the process and how they got it from the farm or wherever they got it from to coming in the door the process it went through to getting on the plate and I wasn't taking photos of dishes and a lot of stagiaires you see it's like they don't, they're taking photos of dishes and trying to they get into that last 5% and that, that's yeah. all it is at the end of the day. you've got to learn the whole process all the way through and that's what I really learned from the French Laundry and really yeah. took from there and Corey did actually offer me a job at the end of it and offered me a chef to party job and I turned it down wow I didn't know this purely because and I, I did like I come back and I was like kicking myself got a cough like, season I? ticket or <laughs> <laughs> exactly what it was yeah. it, it sounds a little bit I don't know a little bit romantic but it was like the most amazing six weeks of my life and I wanted to keep it as that not that I ever thought it would go wrong but it's I just it was so special it's like I want that to stay yeah. as it was and go back and visit eventually or something but I didn't want to didn't want to touch it and go back and work there, and it'd be it'd be different. Sure. You know what I mean? You just I'm, wanted a fling. Yeah, a fling. that was it. It was just a little yeah, little six week thing, <laughs> little holiday romance. 
Oh wow! Yeah, what about you? Now, did you, is it changed? You know, the stuff you're cooking right now at two star level. Is it because of San Fran and Copenhagen? And yeah, massively. But I mean, I think the most important thing is for me as I would still consider myself a reasonably young chef in the industry. <coughs> I've only really had four jobs, like real jobs. Mm. That was a Bath Priory, then to Sats then to Bennu, then to Conhance. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all yeah. I've ever done. Yep. But I guarantee I've left a bit of myself in each one of those buildings and I've taken everything I could out. That was the main thing for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, really ingraining yourself in somewhere that everyone who is working there and who's still working there can still talk about you or still go, mm. that person was here. You know that you're not that person who's got, oh, I haven't got a perfect notebook with every recipe down. I haven't got... Mm. I don't take pictures of dishes because I feel embarrassed there's no way I take a picture of a dish and Benno in front of Corey Lee yeah. let alone sat yeah. <laughs> just imagine yeah. whipping out your phone on the pass <laughs> <laughs> no I wouldn't slap it just hold that there a minute mate <laughs> don't, don't send it yet don't can send you it yet. can you just tweak the light towards the <laughs> <laughs> I, wow. that's, I, but that, that, that's important for it's so much more than a photo of a dish or a recipe there's so much more that goes into great food than that and the people that don't understand that think it's that superficial yeah mm-hmm. and if you make it that consistently and you're like really fully ingrained in that you just you just start picking it up I think mm, yeah. and just becomes a part of your cooking style anyway yeah it's not just you don't go okay I've worked here for a year I've worked here for a year I've worked here for a year and then I mix up the recipes and you've got dishes Lastly then, do, you know, I get the sense obviously you guys would maybe recommend people do this, but is it common then that a lot of star chefs in this country have gone and done the things you've done? Like, is it because of a bit of international travel and taking yourself out of your comfort zone and going and doing those things? Do you think that actually does resonate with the top level? Um, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, it's not something you have to do. Of course, yeah. But it definitely helped. Mm. It, and it's changed so much over the years. Like, before I was before I was cooking, and then when I went to college, you still had some old-school lecturers that like, you have to go and work in London. Now, I've never really? worked in London, and you haven't. But, but you did have to back in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Because you couldn't epicenter, learn yeah. anywhere else. And then, yeah, but nobody was going abroad. But now the world's opened up with the internet and mm-hmm. you know, flights being cheaper and you see other chefs doing it and then it just, just carries on and on. And no, I, I think, but you've got to pick the right place. Don't just go because it's two it's or three star. It. Yeah. It's got to be the right philosophy or the right culture for your character mm-hmm. for you to really get something out of it. Don't just go because it's good. Got you. Yeah. That's good advice. Or, yeah. Or you've got to be that person who fully immerses yourself in somewhere that is yeah. so different to you that you can come away with something so completely different it'll make you individual when you actually start cooking properly yeah yeah, yeah like, exactly uh, walking into Bennu I can't like 80% of the staff are Korean and like I couldn't I'd never even used a pair of chopsticks before in my whole entire life <laughs> wow and you like it was something there, that you had yeah. to do and it was like okay fine you were, you were whiz with them now like I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> like individual peas, just like yeah, yeah. I, yeah I'm all right. <laughs> so then that's from that, that, yeah. that, that's only because of what we had to do, though. Is like yeah. it's just the way that we were. You didn't have a choice. Uh-huh. You didn't have a choice. Do you have any contact with Corey now, or over the past few years, have you? Uh, yeah, a couple of times. Well, me and my wife went back for our honeymoon. Oh, nice! Um, Amazing. And we ate in all of Corey's restaurants. <laughs> Yeah. But we no, we did New York to San Francisco, so we did East oh, to West really? Coast. Oh, amazing. Um, what drive? Did you drive around? The, a bit of both, really. Okay, cool. We went amazing. from New York down um, into New Orleans and through Texas, through to LA, and then up, up Highway 1 to San Fran. Wow. And then flew back cool. from San Fran. 
Um, did you eat at any like low key places along the way that have stuck with you that you just like oh let's just stay let's just grab yeah. some ribs from here or something and boil, it was boiling a bag of seafood in New Orleans oh yeah it was like unreal what was it <laughs> what did you have there potatoes saffron shrimp uh, scallops like just all in a bag dropped yeah. in a pot crawfish like just and then pull it out it's just oh man yeah, amazing great nice. big pint of ale with those like, oh nice. yeah man that sounds incredible okay cool let's move on to some listener listener questions shall we let's do that we've got one from Ian here who said I had a trip of a lifetime for my 40th the highlight of which was going to a restaurant at Meadowood and what's happened to them is a tragedy I'm genuinely gutted it's led me to think what would you do if a natural disaster wiped out your restaurant would you rebuild move on or change direction completely Firstly, did you see that about Meadowood? Did you see I that? did, yeah. I saw it a couple of nights ago. Yeah, yeah so was, it wild, it. was it a wildfire? That I think it was. It's just ripping through Napa, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's a big estate, Meadowood, like hotel oh, and three star, like tennis court. Three everything. star, isn't it? As yeah, well. and they've got a three mission star restaurant. The whole thing's gone. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't imagine. What they've built up over the years and... Uh, you know, into that three-star restaurant with that oh, you know, incredible God. kitchen. It's like heartbreak built for purpose place, isn't it? Devastating. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you what you would do. It's like like say if that happened to this, it's obviously it devastate me and us. Of course, but yeah. I know it's not this world-class, world-renowned restaurant that's built for purpose. Not yet. And, yeah, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just still time. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know what you. I don't know what you'd do at all. Um, I mean, it's something you think about more lately. We've obviously COVID, and as soon as we went into COVID, things were touch and go here. Mm. And it's a well, what would actually happen if it yeah. went burst? Yeah, what what would I do? And I, I don't have an answer. It, I'm more of a, you know, I'll put other things in place just in case. But I'm more of a, I'll cross that bridge if yeah, it happens because sure. you can't really yeah. plan for it. Mm. Yeah, you just hope it doesn't happen, especially a natural disaster. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What about you, mate? If, <laughs> if Watley for some reason tomorrow just disappeared, what would you think you'd go and find a some like another place start again? Or uh, I don't know if I just find another place or just carry on. What about that burger van. Well, that's it. Like yeah. I'm talking Get about. Get them yeah. Paradise again, carriage, yeah. like yeah. I don't it isn't necessarily just all about the accolades and whatever it is whatever you're doing is if you're doing it as good as you can possibly do in it then I'd be happy with that mm-hmm. and I'm, I don't necessarily want to be flipping burgers or making Philly cheesesteaks and lobster rolls every day but you know what if something that bad happened then ultimately I'd have to do something right yeah, yeah. And whatever it is that I would be doing I'd make sure it was the best that I could do it and build a great team around me doing it of course and yeah yeah yeah, I just, I, it's almost one of those things that you don't want to think about. Though I yeah, can't be, can't. I can't even imagine what must be going through like Christopher's head at, at Meadowood. Like, yeah, it, it's just it's mad, isn't it? Absolutely devastating. As if it wasn't already hard enough with the global pandemic and having to adjust for that, and then this happens to your restaurant like that is just. I know, everyone's struggling it? out there now in mm-hmm. California, and no one's really reopened yet. Yeah, but everything's still in like a real tight lockdown. Takeaway food still going on, like. It's difficult. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. you can't see light at the end of the tunnel. Have you seen the lights over like San Francisco, like the night skies? Of it's just burning orange and grey. Oh, is it? Yeah. Like, oh. and not just at night during the day. Yeah, it's like it's like it's actually looks like an apocalypse. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it is. No, it's horrible. Fortunately, like we're not susceptible to those kind of things over there. Yeah, we're so. Oh god, we're lucky as hell. I yeah. mean, yeah, they've got like. 
dangerous animals and earthquakes and rattlers everywhere yeah fucking... we've got like badgers <laughs> yeah angry badgers easterly breezes <laughs> uh, we've got one from Brian here who says uh, what moment was it for Paul and Niall that they realised they could do whatever they wanted that allowed them to unleash they, their creativity so we've talked a bit about your transitions in the past and yours there Niall coming back from Copenhagen but was there like a penny drop moment or a, a thing you can remember happening that went right yeah I am gonna unleash I can pretty much pretty much pinpoint it can you in, in a way not to an exact day uh-huh. but sort of period of time and it was when I worked at SATS because I've worked for so many places where it was more of a dictatorship style it's like that's how you do it right you, you don't get a say and it's great food this is this is what we do you don't you don't get a say you don't get to develop or you you know your your opinion doesn't really matter sure um but going to sat it was refreshing it was just, it promoted you and challenge you creatively uh, creatively <laughs> creatively uh, one's good eh? yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, challenge you intellectually as well and it was quite refreshing so he's asking me what I think or what I want to do and you start getting dishes on the menu or even components and um, he used to set us little challenges to do little projects and night and then oh, really? just around then it was like it just when somebody puts that confidence and trust in you like you grow so much faster yeah so much faster like wow. you've already been learning skills and how to cook and stuff but like it's like 100 miles an hour after that yeah wow awesome how about you mate did you ever like get like a day where it went right okay here we go I think it must have been towards the end of being at Bennu because when I was at Sats, I mean, I was at Sats for what, three and a bit years? When I left out, I was still pretty shit, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, <laughs> put yourself down. <laughs> it was still pretty shit. I was rarely set up on time. <laughs> I was like, fuck, what have I got to do? Like, and to be fair, the team that was there when I was there, a fucking solid team. Oh, Best team they've ever had there, though. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Who was with you there at that point? At that uh, well, Jordan Bailey, Tom Spencer. We've got two stars, same time as yeah. you, Jordan. Yeah. Did, yeah. Jack Cashmore, who's in New Zealand building his own restaurant. Yeah. He's the uh, one I told you about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Liam Nichols, Ruben Davis. Ruben is in Australia now. Yeah. yeah. It was just, it was just a dream team, team. Of pretty yeah. incredible chefs. So yeah, I was, uh, I was definitely down there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I think leaving and then going to just seeing something different and taking what I'd done at Sats and then being able to. Uh, like see a different environment different cuisine and then ultimately go to Kong Hans where I was made head chef pretty quickly Mm. and then it was just kind of like well you're not directly on a station but you're looking at dishes every day it started to become very natural I was like I need to start doing this now I don't want to do this for someone else Yeah, especially someone who's only there for two days a week Mm. yeah did they ever say one thing or do one thing that tipped you over the edge of that sort of where you went do you know what no I'm not going to do this for you anymore yeah so a brigade of like 10 chefs um, been working on the menu all day dishes are on gets to 7 o'clock exec head chef rocks up we're changing the whole thing oh, no. and oh. we've already got like 25 people sat in a 40 cover restaurant oh my like, no worries yeah we'll change it all uh, next day see, like, ya. see ya really <laughs> yeah. wow that is crazy if only they didn't know yeah that you're going to leave the next day incredible okay uh, if you want to send us your questions feel free to DM us or send them to at the nightcap underscore pod Facebook Twitter Instagram all the usual places should we do some trip advisor re- reviews why not yeah. your favourite <laughs> uh, no this is how the game works I'm going to give you both a review you just have to decide whether it's a real or fake one about each other's restaurants 
Okay, can we want to go first? Do you want to go first? I'll go first. Yeah? Okay, yeah. right. So I'll read you a review, and it could be of Paul's Restaurant or somewhere else. Salt or not? Salt or not, basically. That has a better name. Salt or not? Yeah. <laughs> okay. In the title of this is one star review. Incredibly bad. It's a weird w- way to say bad, isn't yeah. it? You, you say it's it's really it's incredibly. It bad. takes a lot to be incredibly <laughs> yeah. bad. Like incredibly bad. <laughs> Had a surreal weekend here, but not only was the food bordering on a criminal act. <laughs> Everything tasted like burnt rubber. The owner was completely inappropriate too. You get the sense that someone once told this fellow he had great taste, was a great host, and was clever with food. Lo and behold, he has taken this and decided to run a restaurant and subject the rest of humanity to his terrible taste, humour, and strange, strange food. Fucking hell. One star review. Incredible. Personal, that is. It was personal. Was that salt or not? I'm going to say not, but I kind of really hope it is. <laughs> I do as well. <laughs> I can tell you it's not so. I didn't think I recognised it. But Where it, is it is Tudnam Mill. Is it? Yeah. Now I want to. I know the owner. I know. It well, must be the GM. This was back. So you were there. I did, I've done my research. You were there 2014 to 16? No. That 20, was Mallory. Mallory. 2010 sorry, 2010. To 2014. 20, to 2014. So this was April 2014. Were you there still? No. No. No, just no, gone. I left in February. Oh, thank God. Just after Valentine's, I left. Oh, thank yeah. God. You're two mu- that was two months after you left. I was worried I was going to have to have a difficult conversation with you there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, luckily that was yeah, me. not me. Not guilty. Okay, cool. Right, Niles' turn here. Is this a review of Niles' restaurant or somewhere else? One star review, the title of which is Most Expensive School Dinner I've Ever Had. <laughs> Booked an expensive Christmas Day lunch, but food was harvester, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Mate. (laughs) Service was intermittent. They seem to have a first class and third class service, but don't tell you when you book what to expect. So expensive, never coming back. With the school dinner reference, yeah, I can I see you in a little pinny <laughs> serving up. Like, <laughs> I'm just thinking because it's Christmas. Oh yeah, is it Watley or is it not? What do you reckon? I don't know. It's just too far removed from what they did to go to school dinners. Someone's really pissed off. I'm, I don't know. I'm going to say no. Okay. Do you, what do you reckon? Do you know? It could be. That is Watley Manor. It's here. Somehow. <laughs> I can't even know. I don't really know what's going on here with that. But what... Do, what they just tie the wrong place in. What does that... How... Well, I mean, does any of that make sense so, to you? It's Christmas, right? Yeah. So people, people book for Christmas Day. We have a two Michelin star, Michelin star restaurant, whenever it was, I don't know. Because um, I can't be fucking bothered to look at TripAdvisor. <laughs> <laughs> General manager doesn't actually allow me to look at TripAdvisor. Oh, really? She's like, don't look at it. <laughs> so, I mean, people have this incredible expectation that uh-huh. for the three courses or five courses that you're getting on Christmas Day of chicken liver parfait, a piece of poached fish, roast turkey lunch, and then Christmas pudding. It's some kind of miraculous turn into like a two mission star restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing 160, 180 covers for lunch. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It, we're not we're not branding it as two mission star dining room lunch. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that is they, tricky though, isn't it? To, yeah, it's yeah, tricky, to, but you yeah. know what? We've got to take the river and we've got to be busy. We've got to be busy on Christmas yeah. Day. <laughs> it's still gonna so, be tasty. Oh, probably not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
But that, again, that's the thing. Go, These better be the best fresh potatoes I've ever had. Because yeah. I'm going to, that's the mindset of people going there, isn't it? It's me standing there with a brat pan and a paddle <laughs> making turkey sauce and stuffing. Yeah, yeah man. That's what you're for, that, that is tough. That was the, by the way, that was the last one-star review you had. I think it was 2017. That's good. That was the last terrible you had on TripAdvisor. Yeah. I'd take that. That's a win on TripAdvisor. Yeah. Oh, good question. 2017. 2017 Christmas. Yeah, you would have been, I think. Yeah, yeah. You would have not long started, I think. First day, wasn't it? So I remember you started there not long before we opened it. On the 1st of December 2016. Ooh, okay. Uh, And I technically wasn't in control of the kitchen then. Ah, win! (laughs) Win! Yeah, wasn't me! Until the 14th of January. (laughs) Nice. Fair play. Okay, let's move on to boiling point then. This is where both of our chefs tell of the real heat of the kitchen. Uh, I want to know when you've lost your shit or someone's lost their shit on you. Firstly, no, I I can't quite work you out with how I reckon you'd be at your sort of most... He, he helped out somebody robbing a store. Yeah, so. that's true. You're a fucking thief. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he's just too nice. Yeah, no, I can't tell. But then you also give great hugs. So it's like, and oh, great a fan of hugs. So it's like, oh, I don't know. But you didn't even tell the thief off. You, you, like, you were nice to them. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, yeah. That's true. Amazing cuddles. Yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't I imagine what you're like when you're angry. Yeah, did you cuddle the, <laughs> the thief? Yeah. That was a way of keeping okay, him detained. It's been a tough life, yeah. yeah. Uh, who wants to go first with the story? Paul? No. I'll, I'll go if you want. Go on, yeah. go on. Um, so, yeah, it's a, a bit of a random one. I mentioned it to you briefly in, in message. Mm. We um, we had some guests report us to the COVID police oh, last yeah, week. Oh, did, yeah. Yeah, I've not really told you about it. Yeah, no, I didn't um, want to ask you any questions because I was hoping you'd bring this up. I was livid. I was, it was last Thursday lunch, I'd popped out. And um, this is when the curfew started. Yeah, curfew had started on yeah. that on that Thursday, and um, yeah, I popped out and Jack messaged me. Um, oh, I've had COVID police on the phone. So <laughs> you fucking what? Like, Sorry, why? What are the COVID? Is there that's such thing? That's what we call. I was going to say. Yeah. Are they just what counsellors? Yeah, it's, it's pub- public health people. people yeah, like yeah, yeah, pretty much fine. EHO with yeah, yeah. We, we I imagine them in a high vis with a staff, like two meter staff. <laughs> yeah. Walking around, you shall not pass. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'll picture it. Um, yeah, uh, so what, what, you're on about in like the phone drawing lunch service, and they said they'd had a complaint from people that dined with us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, what, what did they give us any details? And he said, yeah, there's no hand sanitizer, which is bullshit, and we don't um, uh, space out the guests. Which again is bullshit. bullshit yeah. And they said we don't have masks, which we didn't. We didn't do it until it was mandatory because mm-hmm. um, I didn't like it. Some guests, we started it when we opened back up for a couple of days. Guests didn't like it. Yeah, so I was like, Fuck, yeah. let's get rid of them then. It's not mandatory. Yeah, yeah, as soon yeah. as it's mandatory, we did it. Yeah. I was like, oh, fair enough. We didn't have masks, but we didn't have to. So you can't really moan about that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Jack went through all of the processes with Over them. the phone. Over the phone. Jeez. And they were like, oh, that, that sounds all right. Um, and then he told them the. The um, disinfectant we were using on touch points, like chairs and door handles and things like that. No, that's not good enough. It's been tested. It's it's advertised as kills coronavirus. Well, it's not been officially tested by governing bodies. Like, how the fuck do you know that? Oh, my God. This is a big brand. It says on television it's good for that. We only use it for touch points. Anyway, so I come back and I was just... I was fucking livid. Like, I was like, who? What fucking snake is snitching on us like that? Like, you know, as if things aren't hard enough as they are. Some little 
Fucking, <laughs> oh, don't, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we were talking all over, and all, all I was obsessed with was who, who it was. Yeah, I know, was I know, I and bet I was, you like, were. trawling through the bookings, like, who could it, could it be them? What were they like? Who were they? What were they like? I was like, no, everyone's been amazing since we've been back. Like, yeah. everyone's been, been great. No weird customers not paying or not tipping or? No, no, like, everyone, has, Jack, Jack couldn't understand it, and yeah, the yeah. front of house guys, they were just like, no, everyone's been Do you still not great. know? Not really, no. So anyway, the, we um, they said, oh, we're, we're going to come in tomorrow on the Friday. And Jack is a bit like me in that way. He's like, yeah, I'll make sure it's before 12 or after 3. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, Jack, that's a bit, a bit of me, that is. If they'd have walked in at 1 o'clock, I would have told them where to go. It's like, yeah. lunch service. Sorry, we can't have too many people here because of, you know, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of it, but yeah. uh, COVID. <laughs> um, anyway, oh, guy, the guy come in like 3 o'clock and... We sat down in the front of the restaurant. He had his mask on, and um, we chatted. And he said, "Do you mind if I take a mask off?" And yeah, I do. You can't tell that. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at me like, and and then Jack was behind the bar, rolled his eyes. He's like, "Oh, damn, don't, don't, <laughs> don't do that." Um, he's like, "But I am sat down." I was like, "Yeah, but you're not eating." Oh, good and one. He's like, "Well, if yeah. you do me a coffee, me is obviously you want a coffee, do you?" <laughs> <laughs> And I said, oh, I forgot. COVID doesn't get you when you sat down, does it? <laughs> and then at that point, Jack just walked off. He's like, I can't wait. I can't, I can't listen to this. But I genuinely, and I said this to the guy, because the guy was really nice, to be fair. Yeah. He wasn't like jobs worthy. He was, he turned out he was pretty sound. Uh, I said to him later, I said, look, the reason I said that earlier is because I thought you were trying to catch me out about the mass thing. So I thought, play safe, keep it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was like, oh, no, no, fair enough. And um, yeah, we had a good chat. We went through all the processes. And he, he said, oh, somebody from Birmingham they snitched oh, oh, we've narrowed like, it down I know you can't tell me the name but I'd love to know yeah um, not that I'd do anything um, <laughs> yeah what are you going to do next okay. and he said what they, they complained <laughs> to the Birmingham Public Health which passed it on but they said we had a wonderful meal a really good experience but we didn't feel safe because of this this and this and that pissed me off even more oh, so you've had a great experience you can't even come to us yeah that, and that say snake. look we've loved it today loved but, it, but we oh. just and then we'd give them reassurance tell them everything we're doing all the processes we've put in place and um, so I walked the guy around the place, told him all our processes, showed him all the risk assessments, all the staff have been signed off on, yeah. our systems and what we do. We, every table we sit down, there's a little briefing we give them about you know, toilets, putting masks on and blah, blah, blah. And because um, I don't want, like I was saying to Niall about this earlier, I don't want posters up. I don't want stickers on the floor. Yeah, of course. It changes the whole atmosphere. I want it? people to, we've all had six months of this shit, I want people to come in yeah. and just know that they're safe. Yeah, but the light relief from yeah, it all. Just yeah, just escape, enjoy yourself, but know that we're, we're doing things properly. And he said, like, it's one of the best he's seen in the area and he's really happy with it. That's good. Chefs don't have to wear masks. That's like, Bonus. That is a bonus. I do if I'm walking through the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, little Adidas mask. Like yeah, that, yeah. Adidas like you're getting mask. off the coach at football with a little bag under your arm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got headphones as well. <laughs> yeah, and it all, all turned out all right. But I was still after. I just couldn't let it go. Like, these people, like, it's just like why? You, you still haven't let it go now. Just, no, I haven't. <laughs> It'll be a few weeks. Yeah. Well, just, just come to us. I know. You know just, just say, yeah. So that was my. I was just boiling inside. Nice, yeah. nice, mate. Good one. No, mine's not super similar. Ooh, oh, oh, really? But okay. the thing is, I'm, I'm like you were saying earlier. You're like, oh, I don't know if you, but in the first like year, two years of Wally, it, it was like it became this thing where. I have this very short fuse. I really? get the red mist very quickly. Oh, I did not know. Really? I, I couldn't imagine not. that, mate. No. So I've only seen 
you cuddly. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I've only hugged you in a loo. I don't yeah. know much else. But... <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the chefs generally knew Friday, Saturday night, it was like, if it was going to go down, it was going to go down really badly. Right. And it, it would just be carnage. <laughs> We'd have consecutive, like, Friday, Saturday nights where it was just... I'm just completely bright red and can barely function at what's going on. Really? Uh, and it gets to Sunday night. So Sunday nights, we've got this guest. They've had like a 200 and something pound bottle of champagne in the lounge. They're with the mum. They've already had like four cocktails. They've been in the spa all day. They're already a bit wavy. Like, mm-hmm. So like, right, do okay, fine. Come on through to the dining room. Then he wants wine fly, but he wants a bottle of wine with the main course. And oh, like, God. Okay, Love that guy. Was <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Was> it Paul? <laughs> it was Paul. <laughs> um, so it's kind of going through the night, and uh, the smelly Daniel is like... Uh, He's getting a bit like he's getting a bit leery. She's been crying as well. Oh, That's his mum. So I don't know what has oh, been going on. Jeez. Like, I'm like quite. I'm like you know what? It's all right. Let's just get him out of the restaurant. Be done. It'll be over. Daniel comes and he's got a note for me. And he's like, the gentleman wanted to give you a note. And I was like, oh right, okay. And he's like, I think it's nice. He's had a nice night. So I was like, yeah. all right, cool. So I got it on the pass. And I'm like carrying on doing the tickets and. So I just go over to this note again. I open it up and it says, uh, Good evening, chef. I think it's a fucking piss take that you charge £120 for this menu. Um, Here is my mobile number. Call me tomorrow and I'll give you the full uh, lowdown. Oh, my. So excited to call him. (laughs) (laughs) He's so excited to call him. Oh, he would. He would, yeah. So I got a note. Yeah. I ran straight outside to where he was still in reception. Yeah. I said, I walked over to him. This guy, bear in mind, Walking Man has got this long hallway, right? Yeah. Down to reception. And he sees me come out of the kitchen and then just start marching towards him. <laughs> and he's like, his face. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Okay. And I was like, it's you. He's like, well, I'm just. I want to give like some can like constructive feedback and. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god! So through this note, I was like, I think it's a fucking piss take. I haven't got the balls to come in the kitchen and say that to me. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, so and she's like, oh, uh, oh no, she's crying even more now. He's like, right, that's it. I want to see the general manager, and he starts like welling up. I was like, right, I can't. I'm like this, so I'm like, right, I just got to walk away, turn around, go. And he's like, I want to see Sue Williams, I want to see the general manager, right? And I have to get in this cab. I thought it's all done, but I'm still like, stood at the pass in the kitchen. I'm still just trying to calm down. I yeah. can still feel it now. Yeah, I'm, I'm sensing it, mate. I'm yeah. another drink. I'm scared. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're like, uh, Chef, he's just been gone in the cab 15 minutes, but he's come back. Like, no. What? With the boys. So, <laughs> like, yeah. so then you get the second wave, and it's like, right, go down. He's like, I've called the police. The chefs assaulted me. I was like, "What? What?" <laughs> That's when I like completely calmed down. I was like, "You're pissed. You're you're out of control right now." Like, yeah, yeah. Back yeah. to the kitchen. He's like, "I want the general manager's card." It's like, "Here you go. Here's a card." Fuck off. 
<laughs> oh no and then did you hear anything else after that of course we didn't god yeah. unbelievable you woke up in the morning and thought what a twat full of regret I had a weird dream that I confronted the chef yeah. <laughs> I don't know that's what happened oh amazing <laughs> great story though love that right uh, I think that's almost it we just got some cooking hacks and myths to wrap things up so if you've got anything that you think can help cooks at home or any myths that people need to stop doing is there anything that you can help People that well, cooking that I was thinking about one of the things people ask you most you must get it all the time as well like how to get crackling on pork oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah, like good one way I do when I'm at home is say if I'm cooking say if I'm cooking a loin of pork where you get a loin with a little bit of the belly attached mm-hmm. obviously always get it from a good butcher or something like that the the supermarket stuff tends to be a bit wet and it sometimes it's hard with supermarket stuff it's hard to get crackling whatever you do isn't yeah. it because it's so wet yeah. you try all sorts of different things so get get it out a couple of hours before you want to cook it yeah, make sure it's got plenty of slashes in it mm-hmm. um, and then I fill the kettle up boil the kettle put it on some cooling wire and once the kettle's boiled pour it all over oh, really? all over the skin yeah. and then season it with salt let it sit for a couple of hours and then you don't have to but I, I start that in a pan with a bit of oil in it get it frying and then put it on a roasting rack and roast it a loin I'd just go straight hot a belly I'd do a bit different yeah, a bit yeah. different like slower and hotter but really hot like 200 degree oven until it's sort of mid 50s <clears throat> in the middle and let it rest and you'll get the best crackling that Ooh, way nice. yeah, the boiling water it just helps it helps dry it out so it's almost like blanching it effectively yeah that's clever yeah, so you get this evaporation of all that excess moisture yeah because I've always and it overcooks the pork a bit where you do that thing where you cook the whole thing for a while mm. and it should be done but the crackling's not there so you end up whacking the oven up even higher for yeah. even longer and getting dr- the crackling's perfect now but the whole thing's dry dry as well yeah, yeah. yeah but if you ever are in that position just take it out when you're resting it whip the crackling off put that put back, that back in, the oven in. on its own and sometimes that'll work yes, but supermarket cool. stuff sometimes you're just fighting a losing battle yeah because it's just up so water. hard to if it's so wet great as well, great like, I've got a couple of Danish chefs and when I used to live in Denmark they usually score the skin and then have the loin sitting on top and then put it into a pan and let it boil the water mm. and they let it boil for like 30 40 minutes with loads Bloody of tiles and our really? in it yeah no That's lid a- on it no nothing just but just boiling away skin level that much like stock or liquid uh-huh. and it like completely softens it up when you go into the oven it puffs like magic yeah, yeah oh, it's really good that is a great tip mm. that was really good have you got any other ones for us now you can put me on the spot don't drop a note off at Watley. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That's a great. You, you place. should have put his phone number on like Craigslist as well. Yeah. Like. <laughs> phone me at three AM for a PlayStation. Hundred yeah, like. percent. Or an uh, Abercrombie and Finch T-shirt. Yeah. Um, Okay, that's a perfect place to end today's podcast. Thanks again to Guzborns for providing us with tonight's nightcap. Remember, you can visit Guzborns' website today, guzborns.com, order some of their rarest and hardest to find wines, and some on a very limited period only. So jump on there right now. Wherever you are, however you're listening, thanks so much for downloading, and here's to you, Niall, for a nightcap. Thanks so much for coming in, mate. It's been a pleasure. you guys. Thank you very much. Cheers. Good to see you, mate. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.